History. For thousands of years, humans have been fucking things up. But now, two heroes of the modern age are here to fuck up history. It's Historama. Thanks for tuning in to the first ever Historama podcast. Uh, my name's Mason Mothersbaugh Height. With me here is uh, Michael Goroff. I thought yeah. you were gonna just say my name. No, I wasn't really. I wasn't ready to like say my name. Came That's out, okay. We'll edit out this out. Fast. We'll edit this out. <laughs> just edit out okay. the intro. <laughs> we don't need it. We don't need an intro. So, uh, if you might have guessed, this is like our first time recording anything, so you might hear some. Uh, background noise you might you know this is uh yeah we're not professional podcasters we're not professional historians we're not professional anything really we're not this is my first time using a computer this is my job and i don't even get paid for this so (laughs) all right well anyway um yeah so we're just gonna be talking about history it's gonna be pretty casual pretty fun um and for our very first episode we were gonna do benedict arnold Benedict Arnold. He, that's where Benedict Eggs Benedict comes from. That's where the phrase Benedict Arnold comes from. That's all we knew going into this. That's that is literally all we knew. Actually, so speaking of what we did know going into this, what did you know about Benedict Arnold? Um, I knew that he was a traitor, but I didn't know specifically. I didn't know that he was a war hero, which we'll, which we'll talk about. I didn't even about. know he was in the military. I, I mean, I knew he was in the military because I knew that had something to do with how he was a traitor. But I didn't know what he tried to do, which was um, give up West Point, which we'll talk about much, much later. I didn't know. I didn't know that he was like such a that he that he was so prominent in the in the start of the Revolutionary War. I don't know if we'll get to it today. But the, the whole, before, it, like, Lexington and Concord, which are probably the two most famous battles of the Revolutionary War, two of the most famous. Yeah, yeah. Those, the British uh, Parliament only saw those as, like, they're just angry colonialists. They, yeah, it was like a rebellion. Though. Yeah. It wasn't like they a didn't revolution. Even, yeah, I mean, they didn't even see it as a rebellion. They just saw it as, like, acting out. So they, they didn't really realize that, that we were gearing up for war. Which is like a reoccurring theme with the American Revolution. You know, British Parliament was sort of like, oh, those darn colonists are kids acting up again. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty slapshot uh, operation that we're talking about. Um, you well, know, I mean, the best military in the world was like beaten by a bunch of drunk farmers. No, they weren't beaten by, <laughs> they were beaten by the French, let's be real. Nah, nah, nah. If, nah, you, nah. if you think, if you're listening out there and you think that that and you and you and you don't like French people and you think that all the French are just a bunch of whiners and socialists and philosophers. Well guess what, buddy? That's why we're Americans today. It's yeah. true. Yeah, they gave us Statue of Liberty. They gave um, us our actual liberty. Gave us yeah, actual liberty. <laughs> and uh, alright, so we could actually keep going like this forever. Well though yeah, the one thing that I wanted to say though, uh, is that bef- is that Leading up to Concord and Lexington, it was like, the British were still like, we can work this out. We can come to an agreement. And then Benedict Arnold goes in, takes a bunch of forts, which we'll talk about later. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I guess this is wartime. So he, so Benedict Arnold is almost like, 
single-handedly responsible for it going from like let's talk about more representation to it being like let's just fuck them up let's well, just go I in mean, there yeah, and it was a serious escal- we were invading what was essentially another country yeah it was a foreign country yeah yeah, yeah hey we invaded canada during the american revolution we did we almost got canada the slippery bastards and we'll right? get them again i know it's some well Canada's just living on borrowed time. Right. That's what I've always said. We're coming for you and your sexy Justin Trudeau's and your trailer park boys. We're just, we're going to have all of it. Yeah, you, you're not allowed to have the sexy president. We're supposed to have the sexy president. Yeah. And now we got the dumpy president. But we had a sexy president. And now Canada goes in and gets the fucking backstreet boy of fucking government. Fuck that shit. We're coming. We're coming for you, Canada. And this isn't a uh, political podcast, by the way. <laughs> no. When we say dumpy president, he, he, you know, that isn't referring to his policy or anything like that. We're just talking physically. He, it looks like a human. Well, he's dumbling. seventy. Yeah, and the other guy, he's yeah, Justin Trudeau, yeah. sexy gentleman, very <laughs> handsome for a man. Yeah. Anyway, this is going on like five minutes. We, oh my god. Yeah. We 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 have fine, no idea fine. what we're doing. No, it's we don't fun. Know what it's we're good. Doing. It's good. If you're a Trump supporter, listen. If you're a uh, uh, probably Justin, not what? a Justin supporter. <laughs> Listen up, because this is about history. This is ev- this applies to everybody, no matter who your favorite Backstreet Boy is, or, yeah, or your favorite human dumpling. All right, so to kick this off, I've got this really great quote, and it's uh, by a Chief Natanis. So you're gonna have to excuse. Um, uh, this is going to be, I don't know, I feel like this is going to be kind of racist. Who was Maybe it? I should just, just tell, say who he okay, was. Okay, so when we're going into Canada, which we mentioned, well, we're going we're gonna to get into all this shit like, in way better detail later. But uh, it's uh, there, there's this really prophetic quote about Benedict Arnold. Because he was leading the charge to Quebec. Um, pretty early on in the, in the yeah world. yeah and you know you'll see this quote pop up in a lot of history books and this guy Chief Natanis um, he was like doing some crazy meditation trance over some Indian graves and he sees this Patriot army chugging its way up a river and uh, he has he you know he's in his trance his eyes roll back and he says this the dark eagle comes to claim the wilderness. The wilderness will yield to the dark eagle, but the rock will defy him. The dark eagle will soar aloft to the sun. Nations will behold him and sound his praise. Yet when he soars the highest, his fall is most certain. When his wings brush the sky, then the arrow will pierce his heart. You know that. You know what it reminds me of is sitting at, in a synagogue when I was like 12 and my parents still could tell me where to go. <laughs> and just list, hearing stuff like that being said uh, by the rabbi and not even knowing, not knowing what the fuck he was actually saying, which is what I'm, ha- I'm having a flashback to that. <laughs> well, the What's he thing, actually saying there? So it's like this big allegory for uh, Benedict Arnold's life. You know, he's challenging the wilderness. The rock defies him. The rock was Quebec. Uh, the rock was Quebec. The rock was Congress. The rock was everyone because yeah, yeah. no one fucking he, likes really this guy. Getting, yeah, that poor guy's getting <laughs> hit with stones just left and right. But really, uh, no, so it, it's not really the meat of the quote that I want to get into. It's the fact that it's actually total bullshit. Mm-hmm. The whole thing, it was, uh, it was a quote by Arthur George Lippard. Uh, or hard. I gotta say that does not sound like um, an Indian chief. No, no, it's not. It was a uh, historical fiction written in 1876. And the <laughs> thing about uh, 
Benedict Arnold is he's sort of this like weird not American folk here he's like an American folk villain so there's just a lot of bullshit like when we were doing research for this I mean it's there are just so many weird conflicting facts about his personality and it's really hard to get an accurate read on this guy and his uh when he died his wife burned all his letters and then when she died she had her family burn all of their letters so all the histories of this guy use a lot of hearsay it's a lot of oh well he said this she said that and the fact that he went down in history is like one of the biggest shit bags you know half the stories about him are just bullshit well half the half the stories about him being uh bad are bullshit and also half the stories about him being good are bullshit and the the problem is even the people around him that weren't that didn't weren't like traitors that their wives didn't burn their letters like like Ethan Allen who we'll get to later like his he you know he wrote like an autobiography but that guy is so full of shit that you can't trust what he's saying so it's like everyone around him around Benedict Arnold you know they're no one's telling the truth because they all want to look like heroes because this is like the fucking frontier of you know start you, you, everyone's on a le- even playing field everyone's starting and they all see an opportunity to be like the biggest baddest hero of, of America of this new burgeoning country so they're all just making up shit about each other and about everyone else so I mean it's 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 hard to really get a very especially on, with someone like Benedict Arnold where all his personal letters are gone it's very very hard to get a clear picture, but you know, God bless us. We're gonna we're gonna try. Yeah, yeah. Bullshit and maybe, American politics maybe, was started before yeah. we were even a country. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone was just gunning for for themselves, um, even before you know everything that's happening right now. All so, right. Yeah. Let's, you want to get into? <laughs> yeah, it? yeah. Now that this is the longest intro, this isn't that long. It's like nine. Well, this is fine. We're, we're if you're minutes. still listening, God bless you. This all is right, We're actually going to get into it. We're going to get don't, into. Don't the... sell it short, man. All right, all right. I'm gonna. I mean, so what do you? So I, you know, I think the thing with Benedict Arnold is that in order to, you know, really like understand what he, what his mindset was, and 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 where he was coming from, and sort of why he he ended up doing some of the things that he did during the war, is like you got to look at his family history. Because he's got a really interesting family history, and I know you're not—you didn't think it was that important. <laughs> well, you know, I like the battles. I like yeah, the, I like the big stuff. But all right, all right, yeah, let's get into. Like let's do a little character. You're like there. grandpa of that—that's sitting and watching the History Channel when it was still doing like history shows, smoking my cigarettes yeah, and talking loogies every every episode of like the eating World War unsalted II. peanuts. You—you <laughs> you, you would eat unsalted peanuts. What's wrong with that? I don't know. The salt is the best part. I just lick the salt and I throw the peanuts out. I love peanuts. Peanuts are good. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so like it, it's important because because Benedict Arnold's family was was one of the first families to come over, um, and they were a very very important family, and that ends up being really important to him later in life. Um, so you know his first his first ancestor that came over was uh, William uh, William Arnold, and he came over in 1653. Which is basically when the first Puritans really started coming over, right? Yeah. I mean, that was like that's like Mayflower time. So don't quote us on that year. I mean, unless no, it is. Yeah. Okay, cool. I yeah, yeah, took yeah. Notes. <laughs> no. See, I took notes. I even marked the pages down, which is now I marked the pages down, dude. I I take notes. I'm an academic. 
I'm an amateur academic. Well, I don't know why you were checking with me. I obviously don't know. Well, I'm talking about the Mayflower. I don't know when that came over. It was like 1600s. Nobody knows. Hotly debated. Hotly debated, yeah. Nothing. No one knows anything about that. Well, you see, we we just focus on on what's truly important, which is uh, William. The fluff. The fluff. So William Arnold, he comes over in 1653, and immediately... He starts buying up land in uh, in Rhode Island in Pawtucket, um, the Pawtucket River region. So he he buys up ten thousand acres of land like right away. What do you think it cost to buy land back then? I think that it cost um, a, a, a knife to murder Indians. Right? <laughs> like, like didn't they buy like, Long Island for like a box yeah. full of like fake jewelry? Yeah, like, <laughs> like it just cost your wits. Um, and trickery. If you were, if you were even remotely like smart and um, capable of murder, um, I think you were just you got it for free. Right. On. Yeah. So, but buying up land, I like that's a loose that's a loose terminology. <laughs> like, they didn't really buy much. So he, he comes over. He buys. He buy William buys up ten thousand acres of land. Um, and this is this is uh, his like Benedict's great 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 grandfather. So um, so he buys up all this land. Um, and you know they start becoming like a really really wealthy family they start becoming really important uh, um, and then Benedict uh, William's son Benedict the first he would become like the governor of Rhode Island ten times um, you know really really basically just a really influential family Ben the second um, would become like he would be appointed to the general court so they were just like living it up, and the way they made their money was not only by getting this land, but then they would sell the land to people that were coming over, right? So, so he was basically like the first William William Arnold was basically like the first predatory like real estate guy in American history. Beautiful. Um, so you know, so they they're they're getting rich, they're getting powerful, um, but the problem was that um, for the Arnolds is that it, they didn't stay that, that powerful. They didn't stay that wealthy because starting with Ben the first, um, who I was born, I, I don't remember when he was born actually. But anyway, he, it was like early 17, 16, early, early uh, you know, mid 1600s, 16, let's say 1670, because it doesn't really matter. 1670. So Ben the first dies in 1678. And uh, what they used to do, what the Arnolds would do back then, is the tradition was the firstborn son would get everything, right? Yeah, yeah. So when William died, he gave everything to Ben the first. You know, I like that practice. Well, you like it. I like it because we're both the firstborn sons. First we would and get everything. best. First and well, best. You're the, well, I don't want to say that. Because the only I know, people that I know, gonna, both our siblings. The only people that are going to be listening to this are our siblings. I know, and, they and they're only going to be keeping it on in the background. Oh God! Yeah, they're, they're all, all doing, doing so much better, better than us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know, we're. I think that we're drinking we, beer at fucking five in the afternoon, talking about Benedict Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's not let's not denigrate our whole our whole audience. Um, but so what happened was when Ben the first died. In 1678, instead of giving everything to his firstborn, uh, he started giving just, he divided his estate equally. All right? And then uh, Ben II, when he died, he did the same thing. So by the time you get to Ben III, who was ben, our Benedict Arnold's grandfather, um, he, they, they went from having 10,000 acres of land, and after selling everything off, um, and then after splitting everything up, Ben the Third 
was left with 140 acres, which is like nothing compared to 10,000 acres of land that they had. I mean, all, it sounds like all he needed to do was go trick some more Indians. I mean, it sounded like all he needed to do was open Lazy. up, you know, like a McDonald's or something. Just open up a shopping mall. You know, <laughs> exactly. They didn't have the technology back then. Um, so, so once we get to Ben the Fourth, who is our Benedict Arnold's father, uh, Ben the Third goes back to tradition, right? And that should be great, right? Except the only problem was. That Ben the Fourth wasn't the firstborn son. Caleb Arnold was the firstborn oh, son. Oh shit. Fucking Caleb just got all your money. He got everything. And Fuck. all that Ben the Fourth got from ten thousand acres about a hundred years ago to now is he got an apprenticeship as a fucking barrel maker. That's called a Cooper, son. That's a Cooper. <laughs> that would be like and I, we were talking about this before, but that would be like if uh, Bill Gates's great great grandson what all he got was like a job at Kinko's and not even like a manager position I mean I feel like barrel maker back then was it would be like if he had his own company selling like no but he was an apprentice barrel maker oh he didn't even get his he got like an internship well he'd be the assistant manager at the Kinko's (laughs) you know it's like not it's not the worst maybe he would get some benefits and maybe a a tiny 401k but still a little sense of superiority over everybody else yeah it'd be petty and sexually harassing all his co-workers so, and, and women. So Benedict Arnold, the one that the podcast is about, because there there are like fucking six of them. The he wasn't the fifth Benedict Arnold though. He was the sixth. He was the sixth, and uh, we'll get to that. We'll get. To oh, that. sorry, I'm I, jumping I, ahead. I'm jumping ahead. You've because, got the good notes because I think the 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 because Benedict the fourth. He's an he's an interesting guy, and he's obviously going to be really important to Benedict the sixth, who is. No, you're right. Benedict. You're right. I jumped through all of that because <laughs> I thought this part was. No, it's not over. Dude. I know. No, it's important. It's, it's important background stuff because their family. It's kind of like the Bluths. You know, they're up and down in fortunes, and they are the Bluths. Yeah, yeah. Um, because what? So Benedict the Fourth, he's an apprentice barrel maker, right? Um, and he starts doing pretty well. He moves to Norwich, Connecticut, from Rhode Island, sets up a little Cooper shop. You know, and he's doing all right, but he's not really getting to the the wealth that he that his family was once known for and the power that his family was once known known for. But he gets really lucky because there's this other uh, merchant. Well, so Benedict the fourth, I'm getting a little confused. He became, so he was a, he was a Cooper. Um, oh no. Okay. Yeah. He becomes a captain. Later. And then it's the dude that has, it's the fucking the widow of that. dude. Right. That so, so, so Benedict the fourth is doing okay. Um, but his luck really turns around when this, really wealthy merchant in Norwich, Connecticut, Absalom King, which is like the fucking coolest name ever. Is that how you say it? Absalom? Yeah, Absalom. Oh, I was not sure how to say that. Yeah, it's like... That's a a sweet name. It's the most badass name. So this guy, he's a merchant, and he's out on on a trip to Ireland. He's, you know, voyaging to Ireland to do some trade. Picking up some wool and shit. Picking up some wool, picking up some potatoes. Three-leaf clovers or four-leaf clovers. I mean, I would think that if you're going all the way over there, you want to get the four-leaf. Yeah, yeah. Just to make it worth your while. Get some and shit. Right. Get that pots of gold shit started here in America. You get just planting them everywhere, sprouting rainbows. Yeah, that's where the rainbow comes from <laughs> in America. You should quote us. If you're going to use any of this on an exam, you should quote us on that fact. Yeah, please put all of this in like a history <laughs> report. 
But uh, Absalom King, he's out on a voyage and he dies um, in, uh, during the voyage. He's, he's, there's a storm and he's lost at sea and he drowns to death. Um, he was probably drunk. I'm going to just assume that he was drunk. Because everyone back then was drinking, and he was a he was a sh- he was a shipman. Well, that was like a whole. That's where like IPA came from, right? Like, uh, like water wouldn't stay good on long voyages. It'd get all gross, and bacteria'd start banging in it, and make you sick. So that's where like IPAs and all these different beer types. came I think from. you're only saying that because you hate IPAs. I do hate it. It's like cat piss. <laughs> I I, uh, I don't know because I don't know about that because I the only book I've ever read in my life is this book that we read for Benedict Arnold. Right on. So Absalom King, so maybe Absalom. a drunk, definitely a drunk, definitely drunk, definitely died because he was drunk and he fell off a boat just like every Carnival cruise. Um, and he dies, and uh, he was uh, uh, Benedict IV was actually working for Absalom at the time, and um, so he 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 kind of knew Absalom's wife, who was Hannah Waterman King, um, and sexy went, name, sexy name for a sexy lady who yeah, loved yeah. Jesus, um, and so Hannah Hannah Waterman King, and Benedict IV, you know she's she's distraught, but after you know a a good amount of time of mourning, um, which was about a year, they get they get she marries Benedict the Fourth and he takes over Absalom's business. So now that guy's fucking rolling in the dough. He's got a new business. He becomes he he starts getting called Captain Arnold by everyone. People around town are calling him fucking Captain. Captain Arnold. How cool and would that be? I want to be called Captain Just cause you got lucky and um and you know your wife's He's boinking a dead guy's wife. Yeah, yeah he's got all his shit. <laughs> and then he gets the he gets a, his own company. He gets uh, he gets to be called captain. I mean, this is the problem. There's like a big house too, right? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he was a wealthy guy. I'm sure it was like a decent sized house. Um, so he gets to leave that Cooper bullshit behind. And and Hannah Waterman King was also really well known in the town. Um, her parents were both wealthy. Um, her great grandfather was like one of the founders of Nor, or her grandfather was one of the founders of Norwich. So she's pretty well set up. She's got the first pew at the church, which is like that's like the loge seats at you know at Gundarina. Yeah, it's like some high society Puritan New England. Yeah, everyone everyone's jealous of the first pew because you get you know you a just really... get the fucking preacher spit hitting you in the fucking yeah, face the while he's zone. screaming yeah. about how you're gonna burn in hell if you don't listen to him. Yeah, so it's a good setup. Everybody wants it. Um, you know, so so he gets pretty well set up, and they start doing pretty well. Everyone, they're like a respectable family, um, and then they have their first kid. Um, um, so Benedict the fifth. Um, was born in uh, 1738, and he dies before his first birthday. So, uh, you know, they're pretty sad about it, but it's not like that's like something that doesn't ever happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's that not like happens. Now, it's not like now where if that would happen, that would be like that would be like that would wreck a family. You know, that would everyone would have to go to therapy. Um, it just happened. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh well. Yeah, yeah. Kid died. So. So uh, about three years later, um, Benedict the Sixth, who is our Benedict, that's who we'll be talking about. Yeah, Benedict um, he, Arnold. He comes onto the scene. So it's kind of weird. Um, I found it kind of weird. Not that the kid died, but that they would turn around and name and just like, oh, well, that Benedict expired. You know, let's just we'll get the other a new Benedict. 
And I guess, so I was looking into that a little bit, and I guess it was super common back then. I mean, it still doesn't feel right, but, you know, whatever. I mean, it's just... I used to do that when my cat would kill my hamsters. Right, and I'd that's... punchy one through five. And that seems appropriate. I mean, it's like it's like The Simpsons. It's like Snowball, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. that's, whatever. You know, animals don't have souls. Um, I firmly believe that. But people... Is, is a different thing and it's it it, it just weirded me out because I remember reading through the book which I think we should probably say what the book is called oh yeah 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 it's called so what we're getting what I'm at least getting in most of my research from is the real Benedict Arnold by Jim Murphy and this guy fucking loves Benedict Arnold not to get too sidetracked but this guy is all over that Benedict Arnold dick yeah he it's, fucking loves Benedict Arnold he really does he, he, it's a good but we shouldn't get too sidetracked here but it's worth checking out that's a good one but yeah you should check it out um well no you know what don't check it out cause we're just gonna be telling you you don't have to you don't have to read it we're doing this to save you from having to read but if you do check it out that's, that's alright <laughs> that's one. fine if yeah, you, if you wanna read more you should read that one um but just be aware that he loves he loves Benedict Arnold way too much um all right, so Ben is born. So Ben's born, 1741, and it's followed by um, by his brother. Um, thank you, his brother <laughs> Absalom. Um, it's followed. He he has a. Is it weird that his brother's named Absalom? Oh yeah, isn't that weird? That that's weird. So this this kind of will um, we'll get more into Hannah Waterman King Arnold um, a little bit later, but. It's just weird that she would name, like, obviously she wanted to do it. I don't think Benedict Arnold IV would want to name his son after her dead husband, even though, to be fair, he owes everything to the the fact that this guy died. The guy died, he bangs his wife, and then it's just sex prizes. Like, that's how his whole life is, like, (laughs) built. Uh, So, I mean, I guess he would be, like, okay with it. Yeah, but I I think it would be weird for me, um, you know, to name if I like married a widow and she wanted to name our first son. Uh, but would you like get his cool car and his house and his business and like all the shit that came with like all the hard work that guy did that you totally didn't because you were getting stoned <laughs> making barrels. <laughs> I mean, I still think it would be kind of weird. I'd be like, fuck oh. it, I, you know, I, I wouldn't care. You'd be okay with it? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so he's got, uh, we got Benedict, we got um, Absalom, we've got uh, Hannah, which is also weird that his sister, Benedict Arnold's younger sister, was named Hannah, and their mom's name is Hannah. And I, I don't want to be sexist. So she's Hannah Jr. She's Hannah Jr., does that that never happens? Well, you know, this was a very progressive time for <laughs> it's American a very history. feminist, yeah. uh, forward-thinking. Yeah, if yeah, men yeah. can name their sons after themselves, women can name their daughters after themselves. <laughs> it's only fair. Um, so, who did I mention? Uh, oh, there was Elizabeth, and um, and there was also uh, someone. Oh, I think that was it. I think that was it for the kids. I mean... So you got a big family. I mean, it's a decent-sized family. Not for long. Not for long. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll get to that. Um, but they do all die. Spoiler alert. They all None of them die. are important. 
Um, Except Hannah. Well, their deaths were important, I think. But we'll get to that. So, so the kids are all, the Arnold family is up and running. You know, they're doing pretty well um, financially. They go through um, they're going to go through some hardships, but you know, but Bennett, but for for the early childhood, it was pretty happy. You know, he's getting educated. Um, he's going to school. He's learning stuff besides you know reading and arithmetic you know which is was like the bare minimum he's learning like latin he's learning greek history he's learning all this shit he's learning the bible he's learning philosophy um because the idea was let's send him to yale we want this we want him to go to yale be an educated guy he's the first kid to go to college you know in the arnold family hannah was a real tiger mom hannah was a tiger mom if um tiger moms really really loved jesus and also were afraid of hell um, Hannah, Hannah Waterman King, um, you know, she'd always been a pious person, I think, because, you know, her family had always been in the first pew of the Congregational Church in uh, I mean, it was a religious time. Like, everybody went to America so that they could be, like, even more religious anyway, so... Well, the, so they, yeah, so they could be their own Christianity is just, like, fucking popping off. Yeah, but, but I think Hannah Waterman King took it to, like, a whole new well, level. And they had the Great Awakening was happening. At right. The, like... You what know, what is his name? George Whitefield. The whole, yeah. like, you know, you're going to be dangling over the pits of hell from a thread if you don't, you know. It, yeah, it, was, it, was, just, all, it was all this God-fearing. Yeah, it was like know, when the God-fearing go shit really was, like, kicking into high gear, at least in America. Yeah, don't touch yourself. Don't fart. You know, don't think bad thoughts. You know. We would just both be going to hell in, like, <laughs> like ten day, minutes. We would day. be yeah. so fucked. I've already given up on... I, I, You're I Jewish. Know. You don't even believe in hell. Yeah, but I mean, just because I don't believe in it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Well, we'll be there recording. <laughs> I think yeah, we'll just do Satan's podcast. <laughs> uh, but so so, but she would come down on him on Benedict a lot when he was growing up. You know, he went to church, she, or not to church. He went to school. She got him into this cushy private school with uh, the Reverend. I think it was James Cogsley or something like that, who was one of her cousins. Yeah. So he's going to a private school um, and with this reverend, and she writes to the reverend, um, you know, if he steps out of line and doing anything bad, just beat the shit out of him. I don't care. Like, tell me. And and then she would write to him and be like, listen, um, you can't fuck this up or God, because God's watching you every second of the day. It was always that kind of shit with her. You know, it was always it was always that kind of like everything you do, God's judging you every second. Yada yada yada, and personally, I think she was feeling like I think she was probably a religious person growing up. Um, but I think that when her husband, when her first husband Absalom died, and then she marries this other guy Ben the Fourth, and she sees him wearing you know Absalom's pants and and running around being the new captain, really loving it, that she felt some kind of weird. She felt I I, I definitely think she felt a little bit weird and conflicted about it. I don't know about you, but I, I definitely think there was some kind of like weird. She like her religiousness was more was a way for her to like compensate for feeling this weird guilt, but she didn't need to feel. But back then, you know, I think it was I think it was part it was part of why she just became so so nuts with all with the religion. Well, but anyway. So, yeah, yeah. Away from uh, Hannah Arnold King, because so this is this is kind of getting back to that thing I was talking about in the beginning. How like accounts are super conflicting because 
Uh, you know, some accounts will say that Hannah Arnold King was this really sort of morally strict religious mother. And, uh, you know, other ones will talk about how she coddled him and he was sort of like a spoiled rich kid. And, you know, it's as usual, I'm sure the truth is somewhere in between the two. But, uh, yeah, Hannah Arnold King. Uh, Religious weirdo. Very, very tightly wound. Yeah, very tightly. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very tightly wound. That's a good way to put it. So, um, you know, but but the family's still doing well at this point. And let's talk about Ben for a second. Ben the fourth? uh, Ben the sixth. Ben the sixth. Ben Ben podcast Ben. Yeah, well, he's, you know, uh, not much is known about how what his disposition actually was as a child. Um, You know, he did well in school. Um, there was always like the sense that he was going to go to cook to college, go to Yale. Um, but came there, from a good family. He came from money. a good family, but there was also sort of um, there were reports, um, historical reports, that he was sort of like an unruly kid, um, that he was like a troublemaker. Um, there was one. There was someone kept would say that um, you know he, one of his favorite hobbies was was catching birds and and killing them. <laughs> Which I, to me that was like who cares, like I don't know who cares. That's I know. just like Colonial Game Boy. Exactly. Catch a bird, torture it. What are they it, gonna do? It. There's no Xbox. There's no TV. Like they need to get their kicks in somewhere. So he's just gonna catch some bird and kill it. I they, don't know. He couldn't have played that. Like what's that thing you always see? They like got the hoop and the stick, and they just run around smacking the hoop and just keep pushing it the hoop. Yeah. I think it's just called hoop stick. Well, he couldn't have played some fucking hoop stick though. <laughs> he had to go kill some fucking canary. Well. Let, I mean, putting it, like, if it was today, like, we would just be like, that kid's gonna be a serial killer, for sure. A hundred percent. He's murdering small, small animals. When there's the perfectly fine hoop and stick. When we could, we could just, he, we gave him a hoop and stick, we went to the store, we bought him a hoop and stick, and it's just sitting there in the corner gathering dust. Just using while... the stick to beat the shit out of some sparrow. <laughs> but, you know, like, back then, to me, that didn't seem like that big of a deal, because they also were, like, murdering an entire race of people in mass and also owning other human beings so i feel like murdering birds isn't really that big of a deal (laughs) for back then um but you know that was one of the stories another one of the stories was he there was like a a water mill in the town and he liked to ride it all the way to the top and was like well what a troublemaker that guy is and uh you know he talked to back he talked back to the constable and, and things like that you know he was a real rabble rouser, real uh he had a real problem with authority. So he was like a Dennis the Menace. Yeah, he was sort of like a Dennis the Menace. I mean more maybe more like a little rascal. Uh is that what they're called? Little rascals? Yeah. Is that the show? That alpha he gets yeah, a little yeah, yeah. thing with his hair when he gets a boner. Right. Um uh that is a historical fact that Benedict Arnold got hair boners. So write that in the <laughs> get term that papers. in your term paper. Um, um so yeah. uh there's this dude, uh, we should talk about, uh, what is it, Jared Diamond Sparks. Jared, was this Diamond? Oh, I don't know, was I think that, that was his name? middle name. There's this really great douchey picture of him in the book, too. Yeah, he looks like a real asshole. I think we both, like, drew on it when we were doing our notes. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, he was, so he was this, like, big collector of, uh, like, a hundred years after the fact of, like, different literature about the American Revolution, and he was sort of an early respected historian on the subject. And this dude fucking hated Benedict Arnold. Mm. So I mean, all a this lot of stuff. Did back then. 
like him killing birds and riding watermills and being up to no good. You know, it's this. This might all just be bullshit, or not, or not. That's the that's the whole thing with we that. Don't know. Especially yeah. early on, is you don't really know. I will. I would. I'm gonna put my vote in the camp that that um, maybe he did this stuff, but it was just like him being a kid. Like, what's the big deal? But because later on, he would have a problem with authority. He would be constantly challenging authority. Um, he was constantly questioning Congress. He was constantly questioning everyone around him. Yeah, superior officers, you name it. Right. And He's always starting shit. So I'm not, I would not be surprised if he was like this. Um, but if he was, who gives a fuck? Like, he wasn't that bad. It didn't seem like he was that bad of a kid. But, you know, his happy childhood ends right about when the French and Indian War starts, which is when 1763? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, yeah, right around there. Um, and the French and Indian War really fucked up stuff for Ben for Ben the Fourth's shipping business. Because all of a sudden, he's not, he's getting his contracts dropped. He's not. He's not able to to sail. Uh, supposedly, he's not able to sail to the you know the Caribbean and places like that. Well, you know, you got French, French got ships. Yeah. yeah, they got they got the oceans on lockdown. They got the ports on lockdown. Um, so it so so the Arnold family starts to see some some financial woes. They start going into they 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 they're so far in debt that Ben the Fourth gets arrested. For um, by debt collectors for not paying up um, on you know his trade debts or whatever. So yes. so so that's part one of the downfall of the Arnold family in Norwich. Um, so Ben the Fourth, he's losing money. He's getting drunk all the time. And they're still sitting in the first pew. That was one thing that was mentioned. I loved is that the they're dirt. trudging up the aisle in their shitty old clothes. Yeah, they're still sitting in the the first pew Fucking with like dad's all drunk. Their clothes are out of season. It's very unbecoming of a first pew family. But um, uh, so there's that, and then there's this fever that starts sweeping through like Norwich, Connecticut. These fevers are wont to do. Um, and it was called di- diaph. Diphtheria or diphtheria. something like Diphtheria. And what it does is basically chokes people to death. Which is just like the most metal fucking virus of all time. Like they More just metal get... than like Ebola? That one you like literally shit out your insides and it looks like black coffee grounds. I mean... I mean, diphtheria I just, is cool and I feel it like sounds it... like a... Like a really... Like a... Like a... Like a ambient... Cool album, Diphtheria, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. like Brian Eno would have done. Yeah, that Brian Eno, Diphtheria. Um, I think it's pretty metal because they're just getting choked to death. They start coughing, they get a sore throat, and then eventually they just can't breathe. It's just coughing up. and spraying pus everywhere. Yeah, I feel like Ebola. You know, it's a little too show. They're all getting it because the preacher's got diphtheria and he's spitting on everybody in the front row. And then they end up spitting on the poor people in the back rows, and then that gets spread because you know the poor people are just spitting on everything. It's bad. So, so diphtheria comes to town, and Hannah Waterman King is constantly writing to Ben. Um, this person—it's like my mom when my, my mom's friends. They're you know, I, I'm constantly now that my mom, my parents are in their uh, mid fifties, and all their friends are in their late fifties, early sixties. Now all her friends' parents are dying. So I'm constantly getting updates on whose parents died. I don't even know these people. Who's getting sick? It's like that. Hannah Waterman King uh, is 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 writing to her son Ben, 
every day. Oh, this person died. John John Smith's son just died. Oh, this person died. Everyone's dying. And, and she's writing to him because he uh, he ran off to sign up for the French and Indian War. Um. Oh yeah, we have to talk about that. But. I was going to say, we're skipping him apprenticing her family yeah, yeah, yeah. because so, they were broke. So once, yeah, once they got broke, let's let's backtrack a second. Yeah, yeah. Um, once, <laughs> once Ben the Fourth went broke, um, they had to pull ben, Benedict the Sixth out of school. And they had to, um, they couldn't afford it. Sorry, we're broke. You can't go to fancy little rich bitch school yeah, anymore. You, yeah. Yeah, yeah I go apprentice to... my fucking cousins at their apothecary shop. Welcome to the real world. Apothecary, I said apothecary. Apothecary. Um, um, yeah, the Lathrops, um, John, and I think it was like Andrew Lathrop, something like that. Um, yeah. She, they get sent to. Uh, Hannah sends her son Ben to to work for her cousins, the Lathrops, who are medicine men um, and and traders and stuff like that. And he's doing pretty well there. And they're actually, they're making like a dickload of money because they got a deal supplying the British army who was, you know, fighting the French with like a ton of their surgical gear. And I mean, I don't know what surgical gear is, but just like a hammer and a knife and <laughs> like some whiskey. A hatchet. But, yeah. Just a hatchet. But uh, so they're making a ton of cash. And Ben actually learns a lot working for them. But, uh, you know, the call for adventure is just too great. Well, that's... So this is this is where some more of this conflicting... Um, more of conflicting reports come in. Because some people say that he ran off and joined the French and Indian War. Excuse me, because he's, he's such a rabble-rouser. He's so gung-ho, he's so violent, yada, yada, yada. Um, while some other people say that, no, he never did that. Because if he, like... If he did that, the Lathrops would be like, "What are you? Where are you going, bro? You got to work on Friday. Like you can't no call, no show. That's an instant firing." So, there is one moment where they say that he did sign up, and that was because. Um, so at this point, he's in New Haven, Connecticut, um, and you know a local militia was kind of forming there to help fight, and the Lathrops, um, you know, feeling their duty to the king, um, you know they. They were getting ready to go. They let Ben sign up for the militia. But Ben Benedict Arnold never saw war. He never saw combat. Like, by the time they got everyone gathered, the war was kind of like, oh, well, it's kind of winding down. Well, even then, like, as they're marching in, you know, he's getting all these letters from his mom, and she's talking about how everyone's dying from diphtheria. And, oh, shit. You know, family members start getting yeah, sick. Yeah, so uh, his sister's... Um, Mary and Elizabeth died. They were like eight and three. Um, you know, his brother Absalom already died before that. Um, his, you know, his older older brother Ben the fifth was already dead. So it's him and his sister Hannah that are left. And then shortly after that, his mom dies. Um, and this was like a big blow to him. Like when he got news that his mom was sick in a letter, he actually deserts the militia that he's out there with and rides home and uh you know he wants to be like by her bedside while she's dying and uh never really got in trouble for that 
Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a good excuse. It is like the best excuse. Like, oh shit, my mom's got diphtheria. I'm gonna try that next time. I need to get out of I work. Mean, and he was also still really young at this point. Um, he was still like, like sixteen, somewhere around there. So yeah, he, yeah. he was still young. I mean, I feel like if you know you had a kid in the army, there, you know, and his mom was dying, you'd be like, all right, whatever. What are you gonna do? You're sixteen anyway. You probably end up just shooting yourself by accident. So, you know, so his mom's dead. His mom dies of He's an back un- in town. His mom dies of an unidentified illness, which is probably her guilt rising up and just killing her. Her her kids are all dead. Her first husband, who she actually loved, is dead. Her her fucking drunk, shitty husband who ruined well, he's her not first drunk husband. Yet. Yeah, no, he's drunk now. Oh, he's been drinking. Yeah, for he's a been while. drinking. Well, I mean, he was always drinking. Because I know he like hits the sauce hard when she dies. He that's hits the when... no, he hits the sauce hard when his business starts going down. Oh shit! That's why. That's why he was he he was already starting to get drunk, and that's why she sent him off to the Lathrops in the first place because he wanted to come home after they're going through all this trouble, financial trouble. But she's like, you gotta, your dad's a fucking asshole. He's drunk. Just go work for my cousins. You know, you notice that she wasn't like, you should help your dad with his business because she knew her husband was a drunk piece of shit. He's blind drunk. He's gonna get naked and beat the shit out of you. Exactly. Um, and with some birds too. With, with those birds you were killing when you were a kid. <laughs> gonna just shove them down your throat. <laughs> um, but he, so yeah, he'd already been drinking, but, but it definitely got worse. Yeah, yeah, Anna when died. she dies, he like really hits the sauce to the point where he's like charged with public drunkenness. Yeah, he's charged with public drunkenness. Wait, I have a, I have a quote about, because like, it's like, all right, it was public drunkenness, but like, these guys are such fucking nerds. They like, uh. We're well, still sitting up in the first pew, burping and farting and like just wasted. But, so too. this is what Sermon's they said. Jealous he was he was arrested for being drunken in Sen Norwich, so that he was disabled in the use of understanding and reason, appearing in his speech, posture, and behavior, which is against the peace of our Lord, the King, and the laws of this colony. Man, how many like, people would get busted right now <laughs> right? if that was, like, the law? Like, just the biggest nerds ever in Norwich, <laughs> Connecticut in 17, you know, 1760, you know, 8 or whatever it was. Just the biggest stupid nerd. Like, get, the king doesn't care if this guy's drunk. He's all the way in England. Who gives a shit? But anyway, yeah, so people in Norwich were, when Hannah died and then, the, and then Ben the Fourth is getting wasted all the time, they were trying to they were trying to excommunicate him from the church. They were arresting him. And it was like the pastor had to stop in and be like, Whoa, 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 guys, pump the brakes. I'm pretty sure something in this book is like saying, Love thy neighbor. Right. Don't excommunicate him because he's a drunk. Just because he's drunk because his business failed and his and his wife's dead. <laughs> Damn. Um you know, but uh it, it it was the start of this was Ben Ben the sixth our Benedict Arnold he definitely saw this as um, Norwich was full of a bunch of evil assholes who were against his family and and then when his father dies of liver failure obviously um, you know it's him and his sister Hannah and that's it and he's against the world the town that he grew up in fucking tried to banish his <sighs> his father shamed his family everything shitty happened in Norwich I feel like we've all been in those towns at some point in our life where it's like it's not really the town's fault that we're going through some shit that we're having a shitty time but when we are 
in that when we're going through a shitty time and it's in a particular town, we just fucking hate that town. You know, we just we just like blame everything on that city. Yeah, fuck that town. So that town. What town would that be for me? You know what? I went through some really shitty times in Akron, but actually Akron's like my favorite city. But that's that's just <laughs> Akron, Ohio for you. It, I guess that's... It, well, yeah, it dumps on you and then it just, yeah. But it's I still like it, so never mind. I just like contradicted myself entirely. But anyway, so Benedict Arnold, he's 20 years old. He's an orphan. All of his siblings died except for Hannah. And he's got, you know, to me, this is like a significant turning point in his life where he is now on his own. The Lathrops are setting him up. You know, he's a business partner. They gave him $20,000 in today's dollars, which was like 150 sterling pounds and sterling silver or whatever back then. It's a lot of money for like a 20-year-old kid. You know, and they're like, you're a business partner. Go set up a shop, another shop in New Haven. Um, so he's got a lot on his shoulders, I think. He's got, he's got all of this bad blood with Norwich. He's got a lot to prove. He wants to restore his former family name when William Arnold came over in 1653 um, and you know he's this young confused angry kid but he's a good business person and he wants and he's got a lot of ambition well then like the shame cherry on top is he's like leaving to start this business they're helping him with the money but he also sells the family house to help like get some startup capital yeah yeah so I mean you know this is someone who was raised as a child as like you know they they that were you were gonna do they great, were the shit yeah you were gonna they were do the great first things. few yeah. rich kid fucking about to run this town yeah and now he's selling his family house so that he can you know start up his own little apothecary whatever shop and right. you know he's like starting from zero I mean it's a lot if you're 20 years old I think yeah yeah no yeah Oof. I mean it's I a lot to handle what, what were you what were you doing when you were 20 I getting kicked out of college. <laughs> 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 so uh, yeah, I mean, could you imagine yourself at twenty going through that kind of shit? No. I mean, even you got you still had <laughs> your your mom and family, like grandpa, whatever. You had like every people that yeah, you there could was a go support to. system. There was a support system. This guy's got nothing. Also, we weren't living on the edge of like fucking wilderness with you know. Indian scalping people yeah, and death like literally lurking in the, the shadows. People that run the community are all threatening hellfire and brimstone if you masturbate. I mean right. that 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 alone would fuck you up. Yeah. Like you know, not you know, throw all this other shit in there. Yeah. Um you wanna do the funny story about his sister with the French dancing? Oh movie? yeah, well so I guess because um, this is right around that time. I don't know if it's before or after they sell the family house. It's it's after. Um, it's so I think it's because so he sells the family house and then he's like, hey Hannah. So he's he's in New Haven. He's got his business set up. You know he's doing all right. He's got his own little estate now. Um, and he says to his sister, hey Hannah, guess what? I'm selling the house, so you got to come live with me. And um, and as bad as it was for Ben. Think about how shitty that was for Hannah. Yeah, you gotta, like, rely on your fucking tool brother. Your insane older brother who, uh, you know... Yeah, he's... I mean, he is a tool. Let's just... Worried about, like... Well, I mean, you know, he's worried about basic survival shit, but he's also got the whole family honor boner going. Yeah, that's the thing with... That's the thing that really bothers me with him, is that he's all about that. So she's gotta go live with this guy. 
And, you know, he had it bad, but he was still a man in the 1768 or whatever. Yeah, not a great time to be a woman. Not I a know great we time. said it was really liberal and great earlier. That, that was a joke. That was a lie. <laughs> yeah, that was a lie. So she's, you know, she's um, like 18. Um, her father's dead. Her mother's dead. All her siblings are dead. All her siblings are dead. Her only living relative is is Benedict, who only really cares about himself, let's face it, because he's a 20-year-old guy. Um, and in, especially in a time in 1765 when empathy wasn't necessarily like a, a word in everyday vocabulary. So, so she's got to, he's got to go, she's got to go live with him because he said so. And mostly because he wanted her to take care of the house and help be run the business. Yeah. Um, but, and the thing with Hanno, Hannah, uh, Arnold is Hannah Arnold Jr. Is that <laughs> she never married. And, um, there is this story of this suitor, this French guy. Um, I don't know if you want to. All right. So, you know, the little, the little light in the darkness in poor Hannah's life. Apparently, you know, she was like a real plain Jane looking girl. Uh, she was an expert conversationalist, but the little light that kept her going was, it was this like French dancing master. Which, I mean, if you heard that now, gay. Yeah, but yeah, it. but you know she was, you know, he was laying some pipe with Miss Arnold. Well, I, I also think like being gay back then wasn't necessarily something you went about town. Yeah, yeah, everyone. no, I'm sure. Yeah, but a French dance master, <laughs> oof, right? Yeah, no wonder. So, so she's falling for this French dancing master, and you know Benedict. She, Hannah's always out. like, "Why are you crying so much? You're <laughs> yeah. in bed." He's like, "Cause I'm so happy." <laughs> So, uh, so, and, and it's, nobody's really sure why he hated him so much. Uh, no one's sure if the story's even fucking true, but it's assumed that either because he was French and the French and Indian War just happened. I think he just really hated dancing. Well, it was also, well, yeah. No, no, he danced. Benedict danced? Yeah. He never got to dance for his father. But <laughs> he danced. It's sad. His father That's... died of liver failure because he was a fucking drunk. It's the most tragic part of the story. The best thing he, he did is bang a widow and get a bunch of money. <laughs> that is the best thing he did. But, uh, I would do that. That's what. That's what I'm missing. That's why I haven't gone on a date in so long. Is because we're you're just I'm, waiting for that wealthy widow. You know, I'm scrolling through Tinder looking for all the wealthy widows, and they're just not popping up. Scrolling through Tinder, working on your barrels. <laughs> but all right, so yeah, um, and French were Catholic at the time. Protestants hated Catholics because religion, and uh, so Ben finds out, and he's like, "I don't want you seeing this French dancing master." ever again Hannah and she was like alright Ben fine you you win whatever I won't fucking hang out with him and uh she just continues to see him behind his back mm-hmm. and uh so you know Ben's always away on these long shipping journeys you know going to the Caribbean getting fucking supplies for his shop or we ugh, like we gotta tell that story about the Captain Krupski too that was, that's later. Oh, though. that's later. All right, all right. That's after he gets part married. Out. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, so she keeps seeing him behind Ben's back because Ben's always away on these, you know, big shipping trips. And he finds out and he's pretty pissed about it. But, you know, Ben being the weird bird killing psycho that he is devises a plan to catch her in the act. And he has one of his buddies come with him, 
and uh, while she thinks he's away, and he has his buddy go knock on the door, and this French dude just hightails it out the window, but there's Ben waiting with the pistol, and you know he just puts a round right over this dude's head, and he's you know quit banging my sister and get out of town, and the French guy is just, and he does yeah wee oui, wee oui, and he fucking saunters on out of there, he's <laughs> yeah. dance master yeah what a fucking hero that guy is fucking coward. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, that he's not gonna fight for her. He's not. He's gonna leave. That's why people don't. He's like a French. dancer, not a fighter. <laughs> he's also Dance French. Sounds he's like also, a gigolo. He's or also something. French. You know, how I was saying that we we owe the French everything. Well, fuck that shit. Just because of this guy not fighting <laughs> for his love. Not fighting for Hannah. The French are cowards. That's what we're getting. Hannah at. Arnold's love. Yeah, but that's that just goes to show. You know, I think it's true. It, it's it's. Disputed whether or not that I story mean, is true. I mean, it sounds like bullshit, but it's also one. You know, it's what is that saying? History is stranger than fiction. Um, yeah, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, but I think it's true. It sound that to me sounds like the Ben that I've come to know and love. All right, listeners. Um, so was Benedict Arnold's sister Hannah getting boinked by a French dude? She was not getting boinked by a French dude because he was obviously gay, but I do think that Benedict Arnold ran her out, of, ran him out of town. Well, there we go. <laughs> Put that in your term paper. There we go. That is quoted, quotable material. So, so what? So, so that's that's kind of like the tr- the tragic. And, and Hannah will come back um, on again and off again whenever Ben needs her. But you know, we don't we don't get a we don't get a lot of information about her besides him asking her to take care of the house while he's going on all his like adventures. Um, which she does. Like she's like the unsung hero of this story. Like while he's out doing all these different things and yeah, her, maybe being the sister. biggest ha- you know, asshole in American history, she's like back home raising his fucking kids, running his business, cleaning the house, making sure shit gets done. Taking care of his depressed wife. Yeah. Jeez. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, that's Hannah. But meanwhile, um, Ben's, um... His apothecary shop. Yeah, his apothecary shop's doing well. Um, he, uh, starts sort of becoming, um, a gnome de... What the fuck is the phrase? Nom de plume? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, uh, yeah, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Where's that dancing master? Yeah, I guess that dancing master in here. Uh, he so he becomes like a pretty popular guy, famous and infamous in uh, New Haven, Connecticut. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit more. All right, so his uh, his shop was actually kind of neat because, like back in the day, you had all these different guys selling all sorts of snake oil and pennywinkle and all that shit. That's like, oh, got a bad case of the gout. Just rub some monk's hood on your ankle. You know, it's just bullshit what like that. What is monk's hood? Monk's hood's actually real. I don't know if pennywinkle is real. Monk's hood's like an herb. Oh, But okay. uh, anyway. I think pennywinkle is definitely not real, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just mix pennies and periwinkle. I mean, that's... And I don't even know what periwinkle is. That's how you pennywinkle. <laughs> but, um, so what made his shop different is that he started carrying, like, all sorts of shit. He had, you know self-help books um he had like one of the great ones was uh every man his own lawyer and like do-it-yourself farming he also carried uh cheap jewelry 
Just all sorts of bullshit. It was like the modern CVS with the pharmacy at the back. Like, if he had this shop in, like, fucking Echo Park or Silver Lake, he would be making bank. Yeah, selling, like, weird freaky herbs out yeah. of, like, shitty glass whenever tincture en- bottles. Yeah, whenever any hipster needed to buy, like, a birthday gift for someone, they would just go there and get them something Go on wacky. down to Benedict Arnold's tincture shop. Ben, ben Arnold, the druggist, bookseller, etc. That's not a catchy name for a shop, but that's what it was. Oh, yeah, and the name of it was From London. Because, like, all those books and all that stuff he was getting, they were all British goods, which, you know, surprise, surprise, high society and anyone who fucking mattered loved British shit because it was, you know, seen as, like, the end all of products you could get. Partially because it was, like, the only stuff you could get, but... Well, I mean, there's all the stuff from, you know, the, the Caribbean and the West Indies and stuff like that, India... Um, at the time, but yeah, the the best stuff was the British stuff back then. Uh, yeah. In terms of like how people how people perceived that that kind of stuff. So he's running this shop. He's selling can medicine I, and shit. Can I interrupt for one second? Because Do it. I, I think this is this is me going into my more like into another analytical rabbit hole. This last forty minutes of recording has been an analytical <laughs> rabbit. If it were up to me, he'd be like. Storm in Quebec, guys are getting... <laughs> people get their fucking heads blown off with cannons. You know like, why? that's Cause, coming. Cause sweet, badass assaults at midnight. This is sweet and badass. This is this is getting deep into who he was as a person. Like, you, you, don't, you don't think your childhood is important. Because, I don't know why. Because you had a happy childhood. I did. You had a... You, you had a great. form... We, all, we are all a product of our own childhoods. That's just a fact. No matter how... None of us are fucking Don Draper. We're not all running from our past and making ourselves. We're all still tiny children. Which is, all all of those are reasons why we're recording this whole thing about the beginning of his life right now. And why we're not just skipping to the fun part. Exactly. So, without further ado, Mike's comment about From London, Benedict so, Arnold. So, he had, he had, um, uh, his sign on the front said, it had a Latin phrase, and it was Sibi... Totique or totique or whatever, and what that basically translated to was um, was some people thought it was holy for himself. Which who would put that on a sign? That makes no sense. Um, what it actually meant was for himself and for all, and that was sort of like that was sort of like his his guiding principle. You know that that in order for him that he wanted to let his customers know like. I understand that in order for me to be successful, that you need to be happy with what you're getting from me. And that would be like, to me, that's his guiding principle through his entire life. Later on, when we get to him traveling through Canada and he's putting up his own money to buy his troops supplies, yeah, it was probably the right thing to do. Spoiler alert. Because everything, (laughs) everybody would die. Um, But he also saw it as an opportunity to be like, if I do this now and get these guys up there to Quebec and we get some shit going, I'm going to be the fucking hero. You know, everything that he did, he understood that in order for him to be successful, the people around him had to be successful and happy as well. Uh, So I think that's an incredibly important, because later on he would change that phrase. At the end of his life, he's going to change his his, like family phrase, but for now that's his guiding principle and how he's dealing with other people. So anyway. Alright. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, that's it was just it was like a Latin motto that was printed it you know was printed on the bottom of his uh, store sign. A Latin motto that was his guiding principle in life. 
not important at all. That's not something we should talk about. <laughs> so uh, sticking with, you know, he, he's doing a lot of shipping business right now. And, uh, or, well, the shop's doing well enough that he's able to buy a boat and he gets back into shipping, which he used to go on these voyages with his dad. So he sort of learned how trading in the Caribbean and, uh, you know, sailing up to Canada, you know, he's sailing all the fuck over with his dad, checking all these places out, learning how to do it. And, uh, so he has enough money that he can actually buy a boat and start sailing again. And, uh. That's what he does, and he's sailing down to the Caribbean, buying mahogany, and... and not, so not only are they calling him Dr. Arnold in town because of how awesome oh, his apothecary shop say, yeah. is, but now they're also calling him Captain Arnold, just like his dad. You know, you know he just was like... He's getting the biggest boner. Oh, he's getting Every the time biggest like, fucking Dr. British Arnold? boner off of that shit. Does this wart look okay? He's, he's like, like yeah. rub some periwinkle on it, pennywinkle. <laughs> And now, yeah, now he's sailing around getting called captain. He's just fucking loving it. Yeah, he's loving that shit. His ego's through the roof. But, uh, you know, so Ben's exploits into the Caribbean are pretty fun. You want to do the Captain Krosky well, story? Well, so, so we were, but we were talking about New Haven and him becoming important in New Haven. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and him becoming sort of this, you know... There, there's a thing with New Haven where there's the old money and then there's people like Ben who are like seen as the new money um, because he's doing really well and, and, and he's sort of just being, he's trying to be chummy with people I think. I think he was really trying to be chummy with people but the way that it comes off to every to all the old money is like look at this brash young upstart thinking he's the shit. Always talking about his his the Arnold's, the, his proud tradition of the proud tradition of the Arnold's or whatever. Um, people are kind of rubbed the wrong way, but he is successful. He's he's uh, he's allowed into the Freemasons, you know, and and um, and he marries uh, Peggy. Um, what's her last name? Peggy Shippen or something like no, that. No, that's later when he's in Philadelphia. Oh shit! It's like Peggy Peggy Sampson or something like that. Peggy Sanchez. <laughs> yeah, Peg, Peggy Sanchez. It doesn't. It, it doesn't fucking matter because yeah. Um, it's just. He it's the daughter of a man that he know that is also a Freemason, um, and you know they get married. Um, so there's like some people don't like him. He's kind of annoying, basically, to the old money. But to the new money, you know, he's pretty popular. He's like a he's a, people like him. People that buy stuff from a store like him. Um, he's getting them good shit. He's being fair with not pushing them, collecting on bills and stuff like that too much. Um, so he's a pretty popular guy. Um, you know, he has, and the only reason I'm bringing this up is because Captain Krosky sort of ties into, like, the whole thing with Peggy. Oh, yeah, 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 letters yeah. And stuff like that. So, you know, he's got a, he, get, he has a couple sons, um, Benedict the Seventh and some other guy. I don't remember his name. It's like Caleb or something. I can't yeah, remember. It is. is it Caleb? Yeah. Um, and, but, so he, you know, he has his kids, and then he's off to the Caribbean. And he's he's uh, just leaving Peggy behind with the kids and Hannah, and they're you know Hannah's running the business while he's out having all his Caribbean adventures, and he's constantly writing Peggy, and she's not writing him back, 
and she just keeps writing these letters, not hearing from her, which is, it's... And it's, it's like each letter gets, like, a little more to the point. Like, <laughs> yeah. it starts off really beating around the bush, like, I hope everything's well, I hope you find the time to write me to, like, <laughs> I love you and I miss you, what the fuck? Yeah. Why aren't you writing me? What, is, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's it's kind of it's kind of sad, but it's like, dude, what do you expect? You just you just uh, let, dumped two kids on her, and then you went off. Well, that was fairly your... normal. It was like, so he's buying all these new houses, and he's got all this money coming in, and people are jealous of him, right? And so there are some pretty unsavory rumors right. getting back to his wife while he's out in the Caribbean. Writing letters desperately pleading for her attention. Right, and this is where Captain Krosky um, comes in. Captain Krosky and, a, and another gentleman. Well, Krosky wasn't the one that was talking shit. I don't remember that guy's name. Uh, that So that was... Um, well, yeah, let's talk about that guy first. There was a guy that was like spreading rumors about him... Getting VD like from like Caribbean hookers, Caribbean whorehouses, yeah. <laughs> Saying that Benedict Arnold was getting VD in in, in uh, you know the Indies and in the West Indies and in the and the Caribbean. And so his wife's like freaking out because I mean they act like she hasn't heard from him. She's hearing from him constantly because he's like I love you baby write me back and right. she's not writing him for God knows why. Yeah. And then you know meanwhile everyone's like hey your husband's got fucking syphilis you dumb bitch and she's like freaking out. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he's in the Caribbean. It's not like he can call her up. Mm. But, uh, yeah, so Ben's freaking out because he's, like, working his ass off to restore his honor. And, you know, you've just got some dude shooting his mouth some off piece about of shit. how you've Nobody. got herpes or some shit. Yeah, so he challenges that guy to a duel. That's the, that's the story, right? I think that dude, he actually duels with a sword. Whoa, really? Yeah, and uh, the guy that was talking a bunch of shit... He um he picked swords because he was an excellent fencer, but Ben was just like such a psycho that they got into it for like a second, and the guy was just like he's Fuck just it. windmilling, double <laughs> dual sword wielding, going crazy, his little powdered wig <laughs> flapping in the wind. Yeah. yeah, so that guy backs out basically, right? Yeah, yeah, he pusses out. Um, so then. Uh, there's another story about the duel. I know this is like your favorite story. Oh yeah, the no, this one's Benedict just this one's just fun because it's like so stupid. Um, so these uh, you know, all these different captains would be taking their ships down to the Caribbean, and they'd just be mooring them off while they're picking up mahogany and tobacco and VD from prostitutes and whatever. You know, I don't know what the fuck you sugar for uh, rum because yeah, everybody yeah. drank molasses. A ton of, yeah, molasses. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they're all there, and like the oldest, crankiest of the captains, this dude named Captain Kroski, is holding a dinner party on his boat, and all the local captains are invited. And Captain Kroski has this sort of peculiar quirk where he like flies into a rage at anybody he perceives is disrespecting him in any way. And so Which Ben's, is just like that's like the coolest guy to hang out with. You know, well, I just feel like, dude, it's a bunch of like salty sea dogs <laughs> yeah. sitting on their boats around. You can't get shitty with this guy. Like he's <laughs> yeah. in the wrong line of work. He yeah. needs to 
But anyway, okay. No, that's that's my. I love those. I love hanging out with guys that have way bad tempers <laughs> and just aren't fun. And everything you say, they just interpret it as like an insult. Those are my favorite. Those are that's those are my dudes. But uh, so Ben is, you know, he's like loading all this crap onto his boat. He's got all his deck hands doing all this work. He can't spare anybody to row him over, mm. so he skips the dinner party. Which big no no. So all these other captains are getting just blackout drunk on Captain Krosky's boat and uh, you know Ben's like oh well I guess I gotta skip it so the next day you know real early he rows over and he's uh, he's like getting close to the boat he wants to tell Captain Krosky sorry for not showing up I was really busy mm. you know I didn't really have anyone to row me over it was you know it was just bad timing and, all the uh, excuses so you know if you got <laughs> excuses like that from a friend though you'd be like what the fuck ever, dude? That's like way too many. You could have just. Why don't you cook in. my birthday, bro? Sorry, man. I didn't have anyone to drive me over. They were busy loading mahogany into. Yeah. I mean, that's a good excuse. I mean, you could have just stopped by five minutes, you know? So he's like pulling up in his boat by Captain Krosky, and he's, you know, Captain Krosky's all cranky and hungover because he's just getting wasted all night. And he starts yelling over the side that, uh, he's like, you damn disrespectful Yankee. And just like that, Benedict Arnold's like, you know what? Fuck you, you old piece of shit. Let's duel. You know, is, don't call me a damn Yankee. This is just two frat, frat boys headbutting each other in the parking lot of the fucking Shonies after they got too drunk. Well, if one of them was like an old alcoholic <laughs> and the other was just like some... Well, uh, yeah, I could see Ben being a good frat boy. Yeah, he's a total frat boy. So, uh... Who you so calling a Yankee, bro? Krosky accepts the duel... And they, like, row over to this nearby beach, and, uh, you know, Ben's waiting there for him, and it's going to be a pistol duel. And it's kind of funny, because Captain Krosky's showing up with his whole entourage. He's got a second, which is, like, the dude that prepares the gun and sort of officiates. There's the ship doctor. But in addition to them and, like, a couple crewmen, he's also got all of these, like, natives kind of approaching up the beach. And, uh... Ben freaks the fuck out because he's, like, thinking they're tricking him. He's, like, shooting his gun, screaming, waving a sword around, like, all right, no, get them the fuck out of here. So they, like, meet up. They're dueling, and uh, Captain Krosky, uh, nothing, there was no trick. Ben was just freaking out a bunch of harmless Caribbean natives mm. for nothing. Mm. But so they're dueling, and uh, the captain, you know, and this guy's got to be hungover as shit, too. I know. That, that's not the time to do a duel. <laughs> it's not when you want to, yeah, get a pistol duel going. <laughs> but uh, so his first shot goes wide. And so Ben friggin' shoots the, his pistol, and he, it, like, the shot goes through the sleeve of the guy's shirt. And uh, Ben's like, all right, like, you going to apologize? Because the next time we do this, I'm putting it right between your eyes. And Captain Krosky just, like, lost his shit. He just, like, pooped his pants and apologized then and there. And it's like, I like how Ben, Ben, you know, he sort of, like, pretended like he did that on purpose. <laughs> He's right? like, I meant to shoot you in the right? sleeve. Right, old-fashioned pistols. <laughs> yeah. Can't shoot straight for more than, like, six <laughs> yeah. feet. He's like, but I can... He's like, I meant to do that. That was a warning shot. I was like, no, it wasn't. At least he's good at making shit up on the fly. That's though. true. You know, he's yeah. he's got he's got a lot of charisma. I will say that for him. So yeah, that's 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 kind of, but that kind of is like indicative of like how he 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 had a hot temper. I would say like he. Oh, I found the quote. It's I give you notice. If you miss this time, I shall kill you. That's a pretty good line. 
I mean, I guess, yeah. Like getting time. ready for round two. Yeah, that that's like that's I can see that being in like a diehard. I mean, imagine like Frazier saying it or Kelsey Grammer, you know, in his like middle mid Atlantic voice. It's scary. Mm, I don't know how scary that would be. I think I would just <laughs> Frazier Crane with a gun. Like, oh, That'd freak Frazier. me out. <laughs> I mean, it would freak me out because he's that character's crazy. Oh, know? oh, that chick he was married to is Peggy Mansfield. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. You yeah. know, that's a good name. I mean, it, it kind of sounds like a like a like a nineteen forties star Hollywood starlet name. Peggy Mansfield. Yeah, I guess because of James Man, James Mansfield. But, I yeah. have no idea who that is. <sighs> we gotta watch some movies. Well, all right. I mean, so he's got this merchant business going. Um, he's married to this boring chick, Peggy Mansfield. Um, shooting I mean, Captain boring. Krosky. We don't know. We literally know nothing about her other than she didn't write him back. She's constantly throwing You know, and shade. if we did know more about her, we wouldn't fucking tell you because we're already at like an hour and 15 minutes. That's fine. Where like, are we going to get to? We're going to get to... This is literally where my notes start. <laughs> <laughs> Everything until now has just been confusing bullet points as I've been trying to follow along with these like weird, intricate details of his family life. <laughs> so I would say... I mean, I don't know. You want to get into Ticonderoga? I've got it, but we're also an hour and 15 minutes in. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like we still got a lot of work to do before we even get to Ticonderoga. I mean, this is when... So this is kind of setting up for when Ben starts getting... When shit starts getting bad between the oh, British... Oh, Pete Balls. Oh, yeah. We what? gotta get into No, 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 we didn't. We, we didn't. didn't. No, I just... It's my shitty notes have betrayed me again. I mean, we're... But that's that's this is the point we're getting to right now, yeah. right? We're getting to the point where um, the British are. This is a, this is like a, a couple years right out of the French and Indian War, the Seven Years' War. Yeah, and so England is kind of broke from fighting the war, and the colonies were kind of in like a boom because they had all these British soldiers here, and They're if you have a lot American of soldiers, yeah, yeah, they got bunch of people cooking food for them and sailors and all sorts of shit. So the colonies, everyone's making a shitload of money right they're now. They're making a shitload of money and they're not they don't have to spend a dime. They're not spending any money. And England's just spending money hand over fist. England's bleeding money right now. Yeah. Not only for like munitions and stuff like that and all the stuff that they're buying from the Americans, but you know, they also have a bunch of extra soldiers over there to protect American colonies because they're British interests. Um, so, so, uh, shit is not good between the British and the, and the American colonials because you've got guys over in England in Parliament saying like, what's the Yeah, deal? why are we paying all this extra money to defend this colony? We should make them pay for all the money, even though we're making a ton of money off them. Yeah, it's like, we, we got them, we got people guarding them still, we spent all this money protecting them, and they just raked in the dough. And what do we? We're not getting anything from it. We're not seeing any of this. Except extra having cash. like a super profitable colony. Yeah, but it, but but that's the thing. It's like that that money's staying in the colony. No, it's going back out too. Some some of it, but a not, shitload of it. That's not, why you have colonies. Not really that much, though. I mean, you you have colonies because. You had a bunch of people that left England in the first place that didn't want to have anything to do with England. I'm just going over like a there. crappy little island. And then the British or heard about stones. it and they're like, oh, there's actually shit over there. Well, I guess we should. Where are they going to get all people. their bearskin from? America. Yeah. See, it's profitable. The Americans are making money off of the bearskin. Yeah, but so are the British. 
How? They're the ones buying the bear skin. They're the middlemen. <laughs> I mean, they're making money, I guess, but they're not making they're not making nearly as much. Yeah, no, as they're they not making that the that bucks they that they need to pay for all this debt. Plus, because it was like Indian a, War was an extension of a bigger war between England and France. Uh, yeah, it extended to Europe. There was like Prussia got involved, all kinds of people. Yeah, got and Europe's just always blowing the fuck up, costing a shitload of money too. So you know the British. I mean, the British are in today's dollars. Uh, like a billion dollars in debt over a billion dollars in debt and they're seeing the colonies just fucking rolling around and they're like Scrooge McDuck you know pools of gold just laughing at the British for spending all this money so they start implementing you know all these tax acts they start implementing the Stamp Act um, in 1965 which was just you know if you you gotta put a stamp you gotta buy a stamp for everything that you're shipping over back to America um, or over to England, whichever. You get every time you're shipping stuff, you gotta buy a particular stamp to send it, or else it won't get sent. And you know who loved that idea? The Americans. Not they Not. made a bunch of effigies and fucking like burned effigies of the tax collectors, <laughs> and we're like ripping their houses down and shit. Wow, you almost tricked me. I was like, I thought I, I thought I, just, I guess I just misunderstood, but no, you pulled the classic knot. Um. Yeah, so they're, you know, Americans are, are pissed about that. They're pissed about, um, there's the, what is it, like the Tea Act? Oh, right? yeah, yeah, that's Which, a big one, too. That, I'll, I got a whole thing about that that leads into Ticonderoga, so we don't need to get too into it. But, but isn't this about the same time, though? Well, so it, it's, it's good because there was, so the Tea Act was an increase on tea, it was a tax increase on tea shipments from England, and... It, this was a big deal because all the tea that was produced by like the East India Trading Company had to go through England before it got to America. So it was already pretty expensive and people were smuggling in a lot of Dutch tea. Mm. And we're starting to see the emergence of this really big sort of like smuggler culture. It's it's very it's a lot like uh like prohibition and how when there was prohibition, all this bootlegging and these speakeasies and all this shit sort of became really normalized. And, it was you know, like everybody the, was doing it. Yeah, that. the average person could sort of sympathize it's, with an illegal act. It's like weed now. Yeah. That is exactly what weed is like now. It's where exactly. It's like everyone does it, and it should be legal, but it's illegal still. And it rocks. <laughs> like tea <laughs> and booze. That's what we call adult tea. Adult tea, STEM tea. Um, but it also, didn't it also take away jobs from American merchants, the Tea Act, because um, instead of going, you know, in a basic triangle, it was just going, they were like, just take it from India to America, and all the people that are going to be the merchant doing that, it's all British royal favorites, where it's all our favorite little cocksucker suck-ups in the royal court basically that they just started giving all these tea jobs to which were really lucrative jobs yeah so that was a big part of it too was yeah big tea I mean it's basically like um England was making it very very hard for American merchants to make money and basically everybody was a merchant and it was making it hard for people to get stuff it was making it hard for them for the people that were getting stuff from the merchants to sell shit because it was 
everything was going up in price. Yeah, it was like, so they had like the Tea Act, the Stamp Act, the, there's just all sorts of shit. They were trying to tax sugar and molasses, and this was just pushing people more and more towards smuggling. People they, like Benedict Arnold. Oh yeah, Benedict Arnold was smuggling a shitload of stuff. They were bribing dock officials, they had uh, like secret warehouses and wharves all along the coast that they, and you know, it's like the American frontier. It's not that hard to like disappear up a river or something. Yeah, you can get away with a lot of shit. There's, so no, there's no social huge. security numbers. There's no there's no facial recognition. You know, none of that shit. There's no passports or anything. Were there passports? <sighs> there might have been passports. I don't know. <laughs> Alright. I mean, you keep calling them Americans. They're not even Americans yet. Well, shorthand. Get like a little like colonial passport. They're colonials. Um, um, so... So yeah, Benedict Arnold is deep in the smuggling trade. He's deep in that shit. And so now that we're getting into the smuggling trade, we got this really awesome story, and you want to tell it, Mike? No, I think you should tell it. Uh, you let me tell all, all these right. stories. I told, like, the whole first part of his life. I was, all right, like, no, 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 I'll do it, I'll do it. I like the Pete Bowles story. This is, like, your, I think this is probably your, one of your favorite stories. This is, like, this when, is ridiculous. When, when you gave me your notes... I know, it, I know. It this was, was like, like the one thing I actually wrote. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good story, but... So, yeah. Ben's out there. He's smuggling all sorts of tea and molasses and shit. And, uh, you know, he's uh, he like he's got this crew member, Pete Bowles, who gets this great idea. He's like, all right, so Captain's breaking the law, smuggling all this stuff in. Bribing the officials. Bribing the officials. Only claiming one-fifteenth of it. Grease and a few palms, <laughs> yeah. all sorts of shit. And uh, so he goes to Ben, and he's like, hey, you know what? I want a raise. And if you don't give me that raise, I'm going to go tell the town elders. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tattle on you so fucking hard, Ben. Fucking tattletale. And Ben just turned around and was like, are you fucking kidding me? No. Like, th- this is not how this is going to work. Get the fuck out of town right now. And so he, like... <laughs> so he tells the guy, he's like, I'm not doing it. This is blackmail. You're a dick. You know, just get out of here. I don't want to see you. Yeah. Well, he's like, you better leave town or something bad. Yeah, yeah, happen. yeah. He implies that something bad might happen. Right. And what does happen is pretty funny. Is uh, So he finds out a little later, this dude's just, like, farting around in a tavern up the street, yeah, shooting his mouth leave. off. He did not leave. And uh, so Ben, like, he's, like, furious. He rounds up a couple of his, like, little patriot buddies, and they go down, and he has him sign a prepared document that he was, like, possessed by the devil, and that's why... He doesn't say possessed by the devil. He says that it wasn't like he was, like, Linda Blair, like, 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 throwing up fucking pea soup. He was just saying that... You know, this guy... He was influenced by the devil. Yeah. It was something with the devil, yeah. and that was fucking hilarious. That's yeah. enough. You know, you're buddies with the devil, and that's why you're trying to blackmail me. And, uh... So, you know, and they, they, they kind of give him a shove this time. They're like, you know, get, get out of town. Like, seriously. You know, we got this document you just signed that says you're the devil's best friend. Mm-hmm. And get the fuck out of town, or else this time we're serious. Right. And uh, so naturally, the guy's just like, what a bunch of knobs. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he goes and he tattles to uh, the, the town elders who, you know, they're kind of, I, we keep saying elders, they're kind of like well, the like people the, that run the it's town. It's the old money. And those and, and these were the people, these were like, you know, British uh, 
I don't want to say loyalists yet because we're not really at that point. But they were the kind of people. They were the old money. They were the they were the people that were in control of like the the local governments. They were the people that were they appointed all the local officials. They made all the local laws. Like these were the people that were like the authority um, figures in in this town. And they respected the British authority. Yeah, and they, and they it had made them rich. It done pretty well by them. It's not really hurting their businesses too much. Right, and they and and uh, you know they weren't too keen on people like Benedict Arnold smuggling and yeah. getting away with it. But they also weren't going to, like, totally narc people out. They, they kind of just, like, if, if it didn't get brought to their attention, they kind of just let it slide. Because, well, you know, they were, like, the one percenters. Yeah. They were the ones that, like, all these laws had gotten them so rich already. You know, the stamp, well, what is it to buy a couple of stamps? They don't right. give a shit. Right. But, uh, all right, so he goes and he tattles on Ben to them. And uh, this just, like, pisses Ben off. Like, he freaks the fuck out. He whips a whole mob together and they get this dude and they tie him to a post and they just whip the shit out of him. Like with a whip. Mm. Like that would hurt so fucking bad. Yeah. So he's getting like they're they're, you know, pulling his pants down, whipping him on the ass with this <laughs> yeah. fucking bull whip. And then they make him walk out of town, like handcuffed to like a big post that he's like between dragging between his, his legs. His legs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, don't fuck with Benedict Arnold. Like, yeah, don't try to bribe him. I mean, that's some that's some gangster shit. That is pretty fucking gangster. And so then it's the, the resolution's kind of funny, because then the town elders kind of feel like they're forced to take a stance. And so they have, like, a trial. Because, you know, they don't want people that are snitching on lawbreakers getting in trouble. So they have this trial, and they're like, all right, Ben, we're going to make you pay a fine, and you have to apologize to Peter Bowles. And uh, Ben was like, I'll pay your fine, but that guy can fuck off. Mm. And he did not apologize. He did not write a letter, nothing. And this was a big deal. Like, this whole story started spreading to all the other colonies, not even outside of Connecticut. People in newspapers in Pennsylvania were writing about it. Newspapers in New York were writing about it. I mean, it was a big deal that some dude was standing up and being like, you know, he's kind of this, like, this uh, smuggler's, this pirate hero. He's like Captain Jack Sparrow, right? People are like, oh, this, fuck, yeah, fuck that. Well, it's it fucking just, us. It sort of, like, speaks to the whole root of the American Revolution on, like, a micro level. Right. Is I mean, this is just such a great story for you've got this old money, you've got this new guy who's disrespecting the law. He stand, he's, but he but stands he, up for he's, himself. He's standing up for himself against British taxes is, you know, a big part of why that story got so popular. Yeah. So that's the Peter Bowles story. Yeah. Ben just gets this dude whipped. Oh, and then the next day, like, when when the people in the town heard the ruling, they made a bunch of effigies of Peter Bowles and marched around town hanging the effigies and burning them. God, could you imagine that shit happening? People freaked out when Kathy Griffin had, like, the decapitated Trump head photo. Really? That's just, like, the most patriotic shit Honestly, in town. They were they were doing that since the 1760s. <laughs> So yeah, I mean it's it's it it it's the start of Ben Benedict Arnold becoming this sort of being a sympathizer of what would become the sort of revolutionary movement. But back then, it still wasn't like we're gonna f- fight the British. There was one event though that really pushed him towards becoming a revolutionary, and that was the Boston Massacre. 
Right. Which he just like heard about it and was like, oh, he heard that's terrible. It. I mean, you know, it like incensed a lot of people. It was like when 9-11 happened and all of a sudden you got all these people wanting to sign up for the military, you know. It's like those those kind of events will really push people towards these sort of drastic notions. But back, but now now you like have a few days like, well, I guess no, I don't really want to do well, that. One thing I didn't even think about until now is that Pete Bull's story and how it's like circulating. This is his first real taste of some like you know like some attention and fame. Influence. Yeah, yeah. Is, you know, he's like signing up with the Sons of Liberty now. He's getting a little more involved in the revolutionary circles. Yeah, they all he's getting think he's some, super cool. He's getting yeah, exactly. He's getting that feedback of like, oh yeah, yeah, bro, yeah, we love you, man. And he's like loving that shit. He loves the attention. So yeah, I mean that and then when the you know, he's he he's like, yeah, these British taxes are bullshit. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know, live by those rules. But then when the Boston Massacre happens, it's not even like, and he hears about it, it's not even like that's, you know, it's not even like um, he's really super sad about the people that died. He's more like, kind of like, what, are we just a bunch of pussies? Like, are we just going to let the British come in and shoot us? Fuck that. You know, he starts... Um, so what does he say? He's like... Have the revolutionaries fallen asleep, or have the whole colonies fallen asleep? Yeah, I wrote that down. I forget what it. Yeah, but it's like that. Have got, he's like, he's like, good God, <laughs> good God, have the Americans all fallen asleep? Yeah, that's that's his. Oh yeah, here they are. Good, good God, are the Americans all asleep and tamely giving up their liberties, or are they all turned philosophers that they don't take immediate vengeance on such miscreants? Which is like, damn, dude, you got slam philosophers like that. I bet some philosophers could fight. Like, I bet fucking... I, I thought that philosophers couldn't really do anything. <laughs> that was, like, the whole joke. They just, they just sit around. It's become philosophy professors. Just writing a bunch of bullshit that they saw. I mean, a... they peaked early. They had, like, you know, ancient Greece. That was it. That's true. I mean, I guess I guess if you're considering... <laughs> After that, they're all, like, alcoholics and, like, kill themselves and shit. I guess if you're, you know, thinking that the people that created the idea of modern analytical thought aren't that important. I mean, I guess that's... It's fair. It's a fair point. I'm, I'm sorry, I zoned out. <laughs> halfway through that. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is when we're starting to get really into like yeah, yeah, Ben I mean, becoming... You think he was pissed about the Boston Massacre. Wait till shit... You know, it's like, that's just like one of the first big events that start ratcheting up the tension. You know, like, things are starting to boil over. People are starting to get pissed. I mean... The American Revolution is, like, right around the corner at this point. Mm. And it's full of shit that pisses off patriots. I mean, what's the what's the one more thing that I think we can talk about before... We, we go smoke of, a cigarette? Yeah, before we sort of wrap this up. Um, is another thing that really got him all hot and heavy were the battles of Lexington and Concord. That... Which we were talking about earlier. Let's save that. You want to save that? Because, yeah, that's like a whole thing. I've got... It's like where my actual notes begin and the bullet points kind of stop. Well, I think that sort of is like where we're going to end up. Yeah. uh, For part one of Benedict Arnold. Part one of Benedict Arnold. He's all... We saw his childhood. He's all grown up. He's getting... uh, He's getting angry. He's getting attention. He's loving being this, this sort of revolutionary figure. Um, 
But it does point to the fact that the American Revolution was first and foremost. It wasn't this like philosophical thing, you know. It wasn't. It wasn't necessarily. I mean, it was a little bit though. They were getting all these different taxes levied on them, but they had no one to sort of voice, no voice for them in the British Parliament. That's the whole no taxation without representation. Right. But that wasn't like that wasn't like we're gonna fucking go to war because of this. That was like. If you give us representation, then we're cool. Like, that that's the whole thing. Yeah, you at least let us bitch about it to you right. in but, the government. But it wasn't, it didn't start as this, like, philosophical war of, like, democracy is the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah, freedom of, as is opposed a brand. to monarchy. Yeah, yeah that it was wasn't, not it was thing. not that. They would have been happy, happily under a monarchy if they had just gotten a few, you know, uh, seats in parliament to sort of give them a voice on telling them why they shouldn't be taxing and them. And Parliament and King George was, like, royally fucking up. They were just, like, dissing the colonies left and right. And that's, like, a recurring thing. Is mm. even, like, later when they're sending, gen- like, uh, generals over, they're like, oh, this fucking yeah, rabble will whoop their ass. I mean, that's how they're gonna, when we get to the, the fort captures, the three fort captures that sort of kickstart the Revolutionary War, it's because... They're capturing these forts so easily because they got the British there. They're like, yeah, we heard about those other forts, but fuck these. What, the, what are they going to do? You know, and, and then there's like 13 of them. When, meanwhile, like 200 American colonialists show up. So it's like, yeah, there's a, it's a big like. Getting ahead of ourselves, Michael. Lexington, Concord. No, 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 but I'm just saying. Spoiler alert. I'm just saying that that is. People don't know what happens. Is America going to become a country? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still to be determined our democracy is still a work in progress yeah um but but that's all that is all to say that um that the revolutionary war started more as a financial economic conflict than it was a philosophical battle between democracy and tyranny you know the tyranny was just the fact that they were getting taxes and they couldn't say no but it wasn't because like they really believe that majority rules is the right way to go. That's not how it started. That's all I'm saying. Anyway. I agree. <laughs> Ditto. I, I think that's, uh, you know, next episode we'll start getting into the actual meat and potatoes of the People war. People are going to get their fucking heads blown off. We're we'll going to be capturing forts with guys in their underwear surrendering them. Um, we'll start seeing, um, and then we'll start seeing Benedict Arnold really becoming, like, coming into his own as a military leader. And all of the all of the sort of problems he has to, all of the weird channels that he has to navigate while he's while he's doing that. And he sucks at it. I mean, he's a good commander, but he's not good at navigating <clears throat> navigating politics. He, yeah, he's not a yeah he's not a good politician. That's that's for sure. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think people are gonna be pissed that I burped a bunch. I mean, I think they're just gonna be pissed. They're just gonna I mean, turn I, it off like ten minutes. I don't later. think they're gonna <laughs> get. They're not, even they're not gonna it. get that no far. This far. <laughs> so I think you're good. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, thanks for uh, if you made it this far. Thanks for listening. Um, we I, don't have a Patreon, but if you want to just send us cash in the mail. Yeah, we're not going to give you the address, but um, if you just put mail uh, money in an envelope and just see where it goes, you know? I mean, that's part of living life, is just that, that kind or of adventure. Or give it to your mailman. Nobody tips their mailman anymore. That's true. We didn't tip our, our mail lady. Our mail lady did a shitty job. We had that good one for like a week, and then it's always that guy that crams all the crap in there. Uh, he's not there anymore. We got a new one. We're just going through too many. I mean, I, to be fair, like, who Those would we actually sucks. tip? 
No, that's all right. Uh, no, no, it's great. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Well, <laughs> I mean, no, it sucks. You should not come here. It's, the rent is not super cheap um, for LA, and it's super hot. We had to turn the AC off to record this, and we we're both just oh, sweaty. I am just sitting in ball stew right now. Yeah, we've been drinking Rolling Rock, drinking coffee and water all at the same time. It's just a weird combination. It's not good. My stomach is going to explode. All right, hey guys, thanks for listening. Um, for more information. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram. Because <laughs> we haven't made any of those yet. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck. Find what us are on we Facebook. doing? Uh, yeah. But yeah, thanks for listening. And I guess we'll see you I guys next time. I hope you learned something. And, uh, you know, I hope you guys feel encouraged to listen to it. Because we're going to do more. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Did you have fun? I had fun. This was actually really fun. I wasn't sure how this was going to go. Um, I don't know if I'm going to listen to this later and then it does it. Probably. Alright, I'm going to stop recording. Let's go. Alright, see you next time.